It's Easter Sunday, but the coronavirus pandemic has so captivated our world that Easter Sunday isn't Easter anymore, is it? We can't go to church, which means we can't dress up like many of us have for years. Well, actually, I did wear this tie. We can't have our traditional Easter egg hunts. We can't go out to Easter dinner with our families anymore. And it's a strange new world that we're living in. And some of us are wondering if things will ever get back to normal. That being the case, I want to ensure you this morning that God has not left us. We are still going to celebrate Easter, even if this Easter is an Easter like we've never had before. On this Easter Sunday, the coronavirus pandemic has filled many of our hearts with fear and dread. Daily news bulletins of sickness and death are having an impact on our emotions and our emotional stability. Death from COVID-19 has come to our nation, our cities, and even our neighborhoods. It has even touched some of our church families. Many of us now know someone personally who has gotten very sick or perhaps even died from this virus. Our hearts are broken by this tragedy that has been visited upon families worldwide. Our hearts go out to anyone any of you, perhaps, who are worshiping with us today, who have experienced tragedy personally. We want you to know that if you'll click on the prayer tab on your screen and tell us about your situation, we will be glad to pray for you. And we'll do everything we can to help you. Death is a very real enemy. Some say death is our greatest enemy. No one who has ever lived has found a way to escape death. No one, that is, except Jesus, who chose to die so that he could save us. Even then, death could not hold him. Jesus came back to life. In fact, Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down and I will take it up again. No one else has ever, ever defeated death the way that Jesus did. And that's why we are celebrating him today. Death is very close to us right now. It's uncomfortable disconcerting. Death is not an enemy that we can just wish away. These past few weeks, the coronavirus crisis has forced us all to stop and consider what really matters in life. It has forced us to slow down, to slow way down, and that has been a good thing. For many people, the virus has caused them to return to God in some way, and that is a very good thing. So today, with all the disruptions to our normal Easter activities, we're left wondering, what part of Easter do we still have left? Which part of Easter can we still celebrate? Well, we can still celebrate the best part of Easter, the heart of Easter, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The best thing about Easter is that death has been defeated, defeated by Jesus. Jesus Christ marched through the gates of Hades and claimed a decisive victory over death. And now he assures his followers that we will share in his victory when we die. In the days prior to his death on the cross, Jesus had been trying to prepare his disciples for what about, was about to happen. But they just couldn't process what he was saying to them. Jesus knew the time had come for him to die. He knew that the time had come for his mission to be completed. He knew that only if he died on the cross could the rest of us have new life. 
So he willingly went to that cross so that we could be saved. To gain insight into Jesus' perspective about his impending death, we're going to look at his own words in John chapter 12 this morning. And if you have a Bible nearby, I encourage you to look up John 12. John is the fourth book in the New Testament of our Bible. We'll start reading John 12, verse 20. And what we will read are things that Jesus said just one day before he was going to die. Jesus knew for sure that he was going to die the very next day. Can you imagine what that would be like? How did he handle that information? How did he prepare himself for what he was about to go through? Let's focus on just four of Jesus' statements that are scattered throughout this passage. You might want to underline them later as we go through them. But here's John 12, starting with verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? <laughs> no, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The first phrase I want us to notice in verse 23, it says this, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Jesus was saying that his impending death on the cross was the hour. The hour he had come for. The very reason he had come to earth in the first place. He also said that he would be glorified by what was about to happen. Even though that sounds very strange to us. That you would be glorified in your death. His death, burial, and resurrection, however, has brought him glory like no one else has ever received. The second phrase is in verse 24. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. If we took just a very small wheat seed in our hands, we might better understand what Jesus was saying. But this was something that the disciples caught on to immediately because they had seen wheat growing every year in the fields. If a seed is never planted, it can never produce a crop. But when it is planted, a single seed can produce a plant that bears a great many seeds. In the same way, Jesus was saying his death would bring new life to many people. 
He was saying that only through his death and resurrection could many other people experience new life. And so he was willing to die. The third phrase is in verses 27 and 28. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Do you think you're troubled this morning? Imagine how troubled Jesus must have felt. Do you think you are disturbed by the threat of this virus and possible death? Imagine how Jesus felt when his death was a certainty. He said, should I say, Father, save me? No, of course not. This is the very reason that I came. No, I choose to say, Father, glorify thy name. Let my death bring glory to you, O God. And Jesus willingly gave his life so that we could go free. The fourth and final phrase is in verse 32. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus was saying that by his death on the cross, he would become the one way anyone and everyone could be saved from their sins. Everyone must come to Jesus in faith if they are going to be saved. There is no other plan. There is no other way. He later told his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to earth so that he could die. And in dying, he knew that he would save many from sin's penalty. Jesus came to earth to give all of us a second chance. In his death, we have been given the opportunity for new life. And Jesus knew that his life would bring salvation and new life to the entire world. From his death springs new life. John 3:16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Romans 6.23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. From death springs new life. Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Only Jesus' death can change our lives forever. When we stop trusting in ourselves and begin trusting Him, new life comes. From death springs new life for all of us in Christ. So today, as we're on this Easter Sunday and the pandemic is all around us and our fears, our struggles, our anxieties are getting the best of us, I want you to remember something, that Christians do not need to fear death. Jesus has already conquered death and he has taken away its sting. No virus can defeat us or what we have been given in Jesus Christ. No disaster can rob us of eternal life. Even if we should die, death will just be the doorway into the presence of God forever. This is what we believe. 
This is the hope we hold on to. A Christian man and his wife lost their young son in a tragic accident on Good Friday in 1996. The boy's funeral was on Easter Sunday. Can you imagine? Must have been a very strange Easter Sunday, just as today seems a little strange to us. During their son's memorial service, the father got up and shared with his family and friends that Easter had taken on a new significance and a new importance for him. He said this, he said, Until you stare death eye to eye, Easter is just a word. It's a nice day with bunny rabbits and eggs. But when someone so precious to you dies, Easter becomes everything. An anchor in a fierce storm. A rock on which to stand. And a hope that raises you above despair and keeps you going. And so my prayer for you this morning is this. Here in the middle of this pandemic is that Jesus will become your anchor in the storm. The rock upon which you stand and the hope that raises you above despair and keeps you going. For Jesus is our anchor. Jesus is our rock. Jesus is our hope. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you are with us on this Easter Sunday, that you have never left us, you've never forsaken us, that you have been here constantly watching out for our needs, taking care of us when we begin to grow anxious and fearful, giving us the rock, giving us the anchor, giving us the hope that we need in Jesus. We thank you for each person that's listening in today, being part of this worship service, and I pray that you would bring peace to their heart today when maybe they're growing a little bit fearful or starting to panic, may they be reminded that Jesus has conquered death forever. And there is no longer any sting, for He has won the victory, not only for Himself, but for all of us who believe in Him. We thank You that You are with us constantly. And as we pray to You today, on this Easter Sunday, we pray that You would keep us strong in our faith, that you would be with our families as we're going through these uncertain times. That you would keep us uh, in this community as a beacon of light and hope for others. And that they would see in us the joy that you alone can give us. We pray for your blessing on this Easter Sunday. As families celebrate in very different ways. As people perhaps are alone at home today and isolated from everyone else. That may we just realize, Lord, that you're still with us and that you are uh, guiding us and keeping us day by day. And may our hope, our anchor, our rock be in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, today I want to uh, kind of ask you to take a couple other steps. Um, we're not able to get together for Easter like we might normally do. And we have a, an attendance uh, card online that you can go to. Perhaps you've already done that for today, and we so appreciate it if you have. We'd like to know that you came, participate in the service. Maybe you can go back to that if you haven't done it and uh, fill out one of those cards and do two things. Or maybe just fill out another one if you have to. First of all, I would like to hear from you. What are some of your favorite Easter traditions? Could you just write down briefly for us? We'd love to know that, share that with other people. Some of the traditions that each of us have enjoyed through the years. But secondly, and even more importantly, do you have any prayer requests you'd like to share with us today? Is there a prayer for you or for your family or maybe a friend 
uh, special concern that you're carrying right now, and we want to help shoulder that burden with you. Would you write that down for us too? And we promise you that we will be praying for you or your family or friend or whoever you put down there. If you'd like to participate in our Bible study that happens each Sunday at 9.30 a.m., please go to our website for New Hope. It's www.newhope316.org. And it tells you right there how to get to the service, how to get to the special study time. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to have a special guest with us. Rabbi Neil Saraski will be with us. He's kind of an uh, interesting guy, a colorful guy, and he's going to be telling us why Passover is so meaningful, so uh, important to us as Christians and to Jewish Christians uh, as well. And I think you're going to gain a lot from what Neil has to share next Sunday. So please come back next week. We pray that God will bless you as you go through this Easter Sunday. May our eyes and our hearts be on Jesus today. God bless you.